The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having 10 coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, a man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat, but here am I dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost, and he has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son, who had been out in the field and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. 
He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughtered the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and he has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. This evening, the readings exude mercy, and simultaneous to this, our country is remembering September 11, 2001, and the events of 21 years ago. It has a day, it was an impactful day for all of us who were alive. That's the understatement of the decade. But as a former firefighter myself for 10 years here in Loretto, this day has particularly poignant meeting, meaning, and I want to extend a special welcome this evening to our congregants who are current members of the fire and EMS service, as well as to those of us who are retired or otherwise not actively serving at this moment. We want to remember tonight, especially in our prayers, those people who died on September 11, 2001. And in a special way, we think of the firefighters and the first responders who were on duty that day. For those of you who are familiar with the fire service, those of us who are in it or were in it, one of the features in the fire hall is a duty roster. The people, the firefighters who are on duty that day. And a, a phenomenon happens when you're activated for a call, you kick your shoes off and you jump into your gear and get on the truck. And so after the truck leaves, you look around and you see a pile of shoes in front of the gear lockers. Well, on September 11, 2001, hundreds of firefighters did not return that day to get their shoes. They had given their lives. And the duty rosters became like the Book of Life. And those gear lockers became like shrinettes. And there were lots of photos of those taken that day. And lots of people in the days to come would leave flowers outside of fire halls in New York City in commemoration of those firefighters. In fact, in a little-known story years later, if you've been to St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, you know it has a vaulted ceiling even much more than this. Well, in the vaulted ceilings are stained glass windows and smoke detectors. Periodically, the firefighters go in and check the smoke detectors. Well, the one year, this was about 10 years after 9-11, some firefighters went up and they noticed in the dust, in the eaves there, some firefighters had written their names in the dust, and those were firefighters who had died in 9-11. So photos were taken of that, and, and there again, Cardinal Dolan of New York declared how even the names written in the dust, in the eaves of the cathedral, were like names written in the book of life. That day was absolutely horrendous, again, an understatement, but even in the midst of evil, and even in the midst of horror, good things could still be found. Good things even happened in the midst of evil. There were all kinds of people that day, firefighters, EMTs, and so many others, who were virtuous and who were heroic. There was ordinary civilians who were in the World Trade Center who helped one another get out of the tower. 
There were even older people, it was told, who let younger people go down the stairs first or let younger people go down the elevators first so that the younger people could have a chance to get out. There were people who put others first that day. There's even stories that came to light later of daycare workers. There were a lot of daycares around the World Trade Center. It was an office building, and daycare workers were protecting the children that day and trying to get all these little tots to safety, and you know, some of the parents were not around for days, and some of the parents weren't around ever again after that day. And yet the daycare workers became very heroic that day. And then there was all the people praying. There's really famous footage of a bunch of Italian chiefs in the ground floor of one of the World Trade Center towers. And as the battalion chiefs were at their command post, Father Mike Judge, who was a Franciscan, he was the fire chaplain, you saw him pacing back and forth, just praying the rosary while stuff was falling from the ceiling and people were running from the towers screaming. He would later die when the tower collapsed. And symbolically, he was given death certificate number one by the city of New York. And the symbolism there was that Father Mike was leading his flock into heaven. He was the first one to die that day, maybe not literally, but symbolically leading the flock to heaven on that day. Providence was at work as well. In the aftermath, all kinds of World Trade Center workers told stories about how they missed the bus that day, how their car wouldn't start, they were late for work. It was their child's first day in kindergarten. Thousands of people did not go to work that day, and their lives were saved because of, I believe, a quirk of divine providence. A buddy of mine was upset that on September 7th, 2001, that he was fired from his job at the World Trade Center. And on September 11th, he was very thankful that he had been fired from his job at the World Trade Center. And even for ourselves, those of us who are from the Loretto area and who were around at that time, I was not a firefighter here then, but the firefighters told me that on September 11th, Loretto was activated for an imminent plane crash. And if that plane had crashed sooner, it would not have crashed in Shanksville, but here but perhaps because of divine providence, because of divine providence, that plane crashed in an empty field, and no one here was injured, no one in the flight path was injured. But I say all this to say, out of even in the worst of events, God has his hand in things. And September 11, 2001 is an extreme example of evil and of horror, but also an extreme example of where good can be found. Now, today's gospel reading brings us much more back to normal, shall we say. It's less of an extreme in terms of the day-to-day, -day, but the gospel readings and the first and second focus us on the mercy of God and the superabundance in his love, no matter what the situation. The people who heard the gospel originally, they thought Jesus was telling crazy stories. Who's going to leave 99 sheep in the desert? where wolves can eat them and go get one? It's a crazy story. What widow is going to tear her house apart to find a penny and then go celebrate? It's a crazy story. But Jesus was telling crazy stories, if you will, to show how super abundant the mercy of God is. Those people would leave their sheep or tear their house apart for a penny. Guess what? Your heavenly Father is going to do so much more to forgive you and be merciful and give you his love. 
The story of the prodigal son, which I believe we've all heard so many times, is really an outrageous story again. The prodigal son is an example of extreme selfishness. It was all about him. He took all the money and wasted it. And like that wasn't bad enough, he came to his senses. Oh, good for him. And then he comes back. And then the outrageous part is the father forgives him. The father forgives the son. He doesn't just say, let me think about it. He sees the son from a mile away. And he runs out to meet the son. And he brings the son back and throws a party for him. Why? Because he was lost and now he was found. Jewish people would have heard that story and thought, this is crazy. But that's how super abundant, lovingly, and merciful God is for all of us. If that outrageous story can be true, oh my gosh, think of how much more merciful God is and how much more he loves us. So on a day like today, and again, I realize a lot of the congregation was not alive on September 11th, 2001. I understand that. You know, and for those of us who were, it was a horrendous day, and we pray that it will never happen again. And I think of the words of St. Paul that, ap that applies not just on September 11th, but the words of St. Paul that apply to all of us. He said elsewhere in, the, in his writings, the sufferings of the present age are nothing. The sufferings of the present age are nothing compared to the glory of God that is to be revealed. The world itself, Paul says, is going to be freed from its slavery to corruption, and the world is going to share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. So no matter what's happening in life, whether it's reminiscing about 9-11 and how awful it was, whether it's dealing with a particular problem in life that is really of great gravity for you, whether it's feeling like you can't be forgiven or that God doesn't love you, mm -mm. God loves you so much. If the prodigal son can be forgiven, any of us can be forgiven. If the sufferings of the present age are as nothing, God, God's love is everything. So tonight, as we gather around this altar, let's lift up our hearts in praise and thanks to God because he really does love us so much and because he really is that merciful and forgiving. We praise him and we thank him for his love and his mercy.